Well, good evening, folks. Welcome to, welcome to, Rich. What are, what, what are we again? <laughs> False count. No, no, wait a no that ain't uh, it. That ain't it. Theology. Uh, no, uh, no, no, that's not. No, um, we, that's not the the guys that forgot our name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Anonymous. Thank you. Oh, oh, I know, I know. Welcome to Voice of Reason Radio. It's been a while, folks. Welcome back. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> well, I don't know. Who am I talking to? You're you're rich, right? <laughs> well, that's what some people call me, but I've been called worse. Amen. I know that feeling all too well. <laughs> okay, folks, folks, uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, we are we're kidding around a little bit, but welcome back to Voice of Reason Radio after about a w- month long unintended sabbatical. Um, it it you, that's going to be the whole point of our show is what happened to us during this last month uh because and actually and then actually <laughs> go ahead actually brother it's a smidge over a month because if i'm correct our last episode posted on august the 24th and today is september the 28th september 28th 2018 yeah so yikes <laughs> Just a, a little longer than we had hoped to ever uh, make you guys wait for a program. Um, I'm not kidding. We are actually going to talk about that tonight. Uh, none, and I'm going to throw this out there. None of the weeks between the two, none of it was planned to nope. take off. No. There was one weekend where I was going to be out of town. That was the only intended one, and we thought about trying to do it on a Thursday. And it went south i mean it, everything went south in ways that you just cannot imagine so um uh, so with the trials that rich and i have been through actually for longer than a month it's the you know, the two of us have been facing back and forth challenges that well unfortunately some of you guys that follow me on twitter have had to put up with me griping a little bit and i do apologize for that uh but it, it's it's been it's been a ride and so our whole point tonight is to talk about some of those things, not for you to feel bad about for us, uh, but maybe to, to bring some encouragement that the Lord is using trials and tribulations in your life for very specific purposes. Perhaps for you it might be different than it is for us, but God uses those, plan, uh, those things for His plans, His purposes, and that's what we're hoping to encourage you with tonight. But yes, we might kind of flub and flop and flip all over the place because it has been a long time since we've been back at the microphone together (laughs) and and what chris you and i were talking about this in pre-show what was interesting is over the last month it hasn't been just me or just you it's been kind of a combination of both of us at the same time and there's been quite a few times where we just kind of leaned on each other Mm -hmm. and muddled our way through but it's and at least on on my end, some of it's not been anything major. It's just been so much of it at one time. Oh yeah, bam, 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 day after day that it just feels like it's been a major ordeal. Kind of feels like a speed bag in a gym. Just <laughs> I, I explained it to my wife one day like this: it's it's like you're out, you, you got pulled out uh, by the the current, and you can see the shore. And you know if you can swim, you'll make it to shore. But it's wave after wave after wave. And they don't have to be tidal waves. It's just one thing after another. And it's just pummeling you. And you can't make any progress. And you start to wear out. And that's that's kind of like what it's been for the for the two of us, really, for the last several weeks. Well, before I forget, do we still have an email and Twitter account? Because I'm not <laughs> sure if they've gotten used much. <laughs> 
Yeah, let, let me think and see if I can remember. <laughs> it has been a while. Uh, yes, Twitter is at VOR underscore radio. Underscore is that little underline, not the dash that goes in the middle, but the underscore is the line at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> at VOR underscore radio. That is when we are using it. That is our Twitter, uh, Twitter handle. You can also reach us uh, via email. If y'all use that anymore, who, who uses email? Uh, at, which is voice of reason radio at gmail.com. Voice of reason radio at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook. Just look for voice of reason radio. You can also find our webpage. That's what it is a webpage. Um, <laughs> slave to the king.com. All of those are how you get a hold of us and uh, how you follow up on how we're doing when we actually do try to share with what, uh, what's going on with the program and uh, things that we write and things that we post. So we would love to see you part of that. If you are new and to – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say for disclaimer, there are a couple of atheist agnostic type programs out there. With a very similar name. No, that is not us. Nope. So if you come across something that is anti-Christian, you're on the wrong site or the <laughs> wrong page or the wrong Twitter feed. That is not the right bat channel and not the right bat time. So <laughs> keep looking. Keep looking. <laughs> but uh, if you're new to Voice of Reason Radio, uh, in case you're an atheist that stumbled on us by accident, we are a Christian program. We are two brothers in Christ that are separated by about two two plus time zones. Uh, I live in northern Nevada. Rich is over there in Mississippi, the land of the giant insects and creepy crawlies of all kinds. Oh, that reminds me of something. <laughs> but finish. I'll try to remember and <laughs> throw it out there in a, in a moment after you said that. <laughs> but um, uh, we just love getting together on the Internet and sharing what God is doing, uh, things that we see in Scripture, how we can apply scriptural basis to our lives, and if uh, if we can do nothing more, maybe to encourage you to look to the true voice of reason, which is the Word of God, because that should be the biblical the biblical lens should be the lens that we look through uh, our entire lives with everything that goes on, even the insanity in Washington, D.C., which we are not discussing tonight because I don't feel like getting a migraine. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, even that has a biblical lens that we should look through uh, look at. And uh, that should be the first and foremost viewpoint that every Christian takes. So that's what the point of our program is. We uh, believe that there is only one voice of reason. It is the Word of God. And anything that claims to be, uh, you know, it base its worldview on the concept of reason is stealing from God if it does not have a biblical worldview. So that is what Voice of Reason Radio is. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Those of you that <laughs> wondered where we went, uh, thank you for your patience. <laughs> we are grateful and we hope... God willing, we will return to a normal broadcast schedule now that some of the crises have averted in our lives. So, Rich, what were you going to say about Mississippi and its giant bugs? <laughs> okay, I'll say this, and then hopefully I will remember to tease you a small amount. But Small amount, like that, that ever happens. <laughs> it's not really teasing, but anyway, it's something I thought that happened over the last month with you and your family was pretty cool. But... Okay, if you're if you're a regular listener to our program, you know we joke about Mississippi and the bugs and the mosquitoes, and there's all kinds of other critters. Yes, I said critters. There's all <laughs> types of other critters in Mississippi. People don't realize. At times, we have black bears come through the state, migrating to and from like the Smoky Mountain areas of Tennessee. And at one point, Mississippi was known for its black bears. 
And that's one of the reasons that University of Mississippi at one time was looking at making black, a black bear their ma their college mascot. Wow. But that's something that most people probably don't realize that there are black bears in the south and in this area. Well, I happen to know the person that took a trail cam photograph within the last month and it's a, it was a it was a panther or a mountain oh, wow. lion or cougar whatever you want to call it depending on what part of the, the country that you live in because they're basically the same thing but this was a black panther and in in the south every i'm 50 years old since i was three years old i've heard tales of black panthers being spotted the forest service game wardens everybody else have stated you know for decades that they don't exist it's just a mythical thing <laughs> that people are you know they're, they're they're seeing something but it's not a it's not a black panther well my dad when i was a very very small child where he worked was basically in the middle of the woods almost surrounded by swamps he was in a, a sand and gravel company and he had he he spotted you know over the years had spotted them once when i was little i remember seeing one it was like way off in the distance well this has been somewhat of a legend in the south for decades that hunters and you know outdoorsmen have claimed to have spotted what they called a black panther and now what it actually is i think is what is the um at the the big cat that's indigenous to south america it's not is it a jaguar or is it a uh. Uh, what was it? Good question. I have no idea. My <laughs> mind blanked out. I actually think it's whatever that is that has migrated north over the years. They're just not, you know, seen that often. But a friend, well, it was a, it's an acquaintance, caught the image of one on a trail cam about three counties over from where we live. And for lack of a better description, we call it a Black Panther. Well, that was pretty amazing. What was even more amazing is we have alligators in Mississippi. Oh They're few and far, few and far between. But Mississippi actually issues uh, an alligator hunting license, and you're allowed. You know, you ha there's a there's a pool, and you have to be selected. And even then, you're only allowed like one or two a season. And generally, they're either down south on the Mississippi Louisiana border, or at times they've been spotted in the Mississippi River, which is about three or four hours west of where I live over, I think it was actually in the last couple of weeks on the Tom Bigby waterway, which is on the Eastern side of the state that borders Mississippi and Alabama. I forget exactly how long and how big this alligator was, but it was like a 12, 14 footer, like 1200 pound alligator. They pulled out of the Tom Bigby waterway. Now, what makes that so creepy and make the hair on the back of your neck crawl, the area they ca they captured or acquired it, killed it, or whatever it is you want to call it, <laughs> was in an area where most of the people around here go fishing, go skiing, go swimming. <laughs> there's a like a public wrecks area, you know, like a lakeside beach area kind of thing with the docks and you know paddle boards and this type of thing and this this giant alligator was was apprehended 
in that general area. And people around here were like, uh, <laughs> that's where we go camping. That's where we do this. So it was, <laughs> that was interesting. So not only can we add the, the rattlesnakes and the copperheads and the black widow spiders and the brown recluse spiders and mosquitoes the size of hummingbirds, hummingbirds. Now we can add black panthers and alligators oh and black bears to the mix so yeah come on down to mississippi and enjoy a summertime <laughs> you know i think i'll stick to the high desert I, a little <laughs> less dangerous <laughs> oh now, my goodness add that to the heat and humidity and you'll understand why college football teams of the south are so tough <clears throat> <laughs> brother you have my sympathy and my admiration <laughs> I'll, just put it, I'll say it both ways uh, you know, the, the high desert of northern Nevada never seemed like such a paradise <laughs> until until you bring up all these wonderful things that you guys have to deal with. You just have scorpions and a few snakes. You know, and even then, you know, they stay away from uh, the, the, the residential areas for the most part. Mostly what we're dealing with in our house or around our, uh, you know, our yard and stuff is spiders. And so we just stomp them and move on. So... <laughs> Well, I can remember about six months after Hurricane Katrina hit <clears throat> New Orleans back in, I forget which what year that was, but <coughs> there were some very strange report, <clears throat> excuse me, very strange reports of certain types of animals all through the southeast, and come to find out, the, several illegal zoos mm. were destroyed <laughs> during that hurricane. My word. And I'm still to this to this day. There's no telling what may be actually roaming loose in the woods throughout Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Wow. Um, some of the stories I don't know whether were true or not. I never saw any evidence, but I heard tales of a lion, be a lion being spotted, and several different accounts of monkeys and some oh other goodness. types of. Critters. Oddity. Yeah, critters. Uh, brother, as I said, you have my admiration. <laughs> now, uh, completely doing a 180. Uh-oh, here it comes. You, you tease me about my, 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 you know, the, the animals and whatnot in, in the deep south, but you and your family recently went on a trip and you got to rub elbows with some with some superheroes <laughs> literally yeah literally for about 30 th three seconds per person is about how fast it went too <laughs> they they want you through that line really quick uh, so well, the, I, I want an i'm sorry i want an autographed photo from your wife of her bat woman <laughs> bat girl costume that was by far the coolest thing i've ever seen come out of any of these comic-con conventions that was that was a lot of fun um you know our, so those of you that know us and, and know this show you know that my family and i are big uh comic convention geeks we love to go to the the local conventions when we can and and uh, we had the opportunity um someone gifted us the ability to go up and and go to what is uh, the fan x salt lake comic con comic convention uh, used to be Salt Lake Comic Con until Wizard World got greedy and sued, and now nobody can use the word Comic Con but them. Uh, but now hmm. it's so now it's the Fan X Salt Lake Comic Convention, 
and it is a huge event. It is uh, it, it probably not as big as say like the San Diego Comic Con, but it is it was a massive event. We've never been to anything quite so big. Um, and we went up in costume. We spent three days up there, and we had the uh, we decided we didn't normally pay the fees that it takes to to get a professional picture with the celebrities because it's it's not inexpensive it's you know it costs you a couple bucks but we decided this was going to be our big family vacation for the year a lot of the conventions that we wanted to go to have been either uh closed down for one reason or another or just not uh, coming through that particular area so this was like the really the only one we were going to get to go to so we decided go ahead and do it and we got to meet david Tennant. Who, if you are, uh, if you have ever watched the Doctor Who TV series uh, out of England, he he played. Um... Oh great! I have a new phone, and Sorry. I and now and now Siri is trying to talk to me. You, you be quiet, Siri. Now I got to sound like. Now I sound like uh, James White. You know. I was thinking more of along the lines of Andrew Rappaport. Uh, you know that I listened to James White's Dividing Line, and that's what happens. He says something, and then the the uh, little phone decides to start talking to it back to him uh, and, and I, I have a new phone now and now it's wanting to do this hey siri wake up no no sh- you hush <laughs> i don't need to talk you oh now yours is doing it <laughs> oh, i did it on purpose <laughs> so anyway we um if you've ever watched the doctor who television series he was one of probably the most popular actors to play that character and uh he ran i think three or four seasons and uh, really one of the more popular characters. And he's done quite a bit. If, uh, if you are one of those uh, heathen people that watch the, uh, the, the Harry Potter movie series. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Calm down. Uh, I guess he, he played uh, one of the characters in that movie as well. Uh, in that series of movies, he has been on uh, Netflix's um, The Marvel's Jessica Jones. Uh, he played the villain in that uh, called Kilgrave. Um, so he's, he's quite an actor. He has quite a range. He's done stage and theater. He's done, um, movies, science fiction, dramas, and it, he's, it's quite, quite a character because he's a Scotsman, but he had to play with a British accent, uh, when he played Doctor Who. And one of the more memorable scenes is when he's playing Doctor Who with a, you know, very, you know, strong British accent. And then he's, in, finds himself in Scotland and he's got to try to fake, a Scottish accent as a Scotsman playing an Englishman who's faking a Scottish <laughs> accent. So, <laughs> quite quite a character he is. And um, we got to meet with him, and he had the same reaction to my wife's costume you did. And I cannot fake a Scotsman accent, so I will. It's I'm going to murder it. But he just looks at her and goes, "Best outfit yet!" And <laughs> just just got <laughs> went gaga over it. And uh, to, to, for folks who don't understand, my wife wanted to have a costume where she looked like Lego Batgirl. And to to make a costume where you have that kind of trapezoid-shaped body and the, and the little C-cup-shaped uh, hands and the mask, we're like, how on earth are we going to do this? So we went online and started getting some ideas, and we discovered that we could order a kid's costume that had the, the little half mask like you get from a Halloween mask. And the gloves and the cape, it all came as a costume. The sh- just the, the shirt was a kid's shirt, so she couldn't wear that. So we were able to piece that together and then bought like a red wig because Batgirl has red hair. And we then went to <laughs> we went to Lowe's. And if you ever want to like 
get the strangest looks and comments from employees, start putting your wife inside a shipping box that you bought to see if it's going to fit her. Because <laughs> the look on the guy's face was a little concerned. <laughs> and he's like, what are you, like, sizing her up to chop her up and stick her in that thing or something? No, no, we're building a costume. We're building a costume. Um, and so we, sh- we, we cut it to size and... Uh, I would recommend if you're going to do something like this, use packing tape. I use duct tape. Duct tape wanted to pull away every once in a while. Um, and we, we cut the holes and we fit it over her and she wore a purple sweatpants and a, and, and a per- lightweight purple shirt. And then we put on the gloves and the mask. And so we had painted this, this whole box purple. We had put foam cutouts that made the belt and the bat symbol. And everywhere she went, she could not get 10 feet without people stopping to take pictures of her. And the kids were going crazy. So, uh, she, she was probably the most popular person that, uh, for a, a character that I had seen the entire show uh, the whole, whole three days we were there. You, you could not get anywhere without people wanting to stop and take pictures with her. It was just, it was fantastic. I know you go to quite a few of these. Have, how did you, you or her, how did you get the idea of being a Lego person, period, because to me that was the most unique part of it. I ne- it never would have crossed my mind to do a costume based on a Lego character. Um, it came from when we had watched. It was the the Lego Batman movie, and so she loved the. She's always loved Batgirl character. She's while I love Marvel comics, she's more of a DC person if and when she reads comics. So to her, Batman is more her speed, and she loved the Batgirl uh, character. So she always wanted to figure out, how can I make a costume like that? How can I make a Batgirl costume? And so we finally just went went to town with it, and it was just... There were some. There were a couple people that actually made, like, massively huge Lego character pieces. I mean, they made the legs that look like the Lego fit minifigures. They, they actually had full-size, like, cover-your-entire-head helmet with the detailed Lego face and everything. That they, There was a Batman, and there was a, an Iron Man that had come in. <laughs> So, I mean, there are some people that really can pull that off, but it's a lot of work because you're talking about, you know, be, working with foam and glue and, and spray paint and stuff. We were fortunate enough. We we couldn't, we're, we're driving a little uh, Honda CRV, and we could not put something that big in our car. So we had to work small scale, and the uh, working with cardboard worked far better for us. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, so we got to take a picture with him. We got to pick, take a picture with John Wesley Ship. If you guys watch CW Flash, uh, you know, uh, with Grant, uh, Grant Gust, I can never say his name right. The new, uh, he, John Wesley Ship played his father, uh, uh, Barry Allen's father in the first two seasons. And in the second two seasons, he played an alternate Earth Flash by the name of Jay Garrick. He is also the original actor from the Flash TV series from 1990 to 91. So we got to meet him. Really nice guy. Um, and I actually found some of those episodes on YouTube, if anyone's interested. To me, reflecting my age, I loved that TV show when it was, it was nice. on. It was neat. It was a neat show, and it was, I think it was ahead of its time. Uh, it was it was obviously brutal on a budget for them. They had, like, almost no budget to work with, we learned, which is what killed the show. They just didn't have a budget. Uh, but it was... I think a really good show and I think he played the character really well and it's neat to see him back in that. And then we got to meet Brandon Ruth. Now, if you don't know who that is, before uh 
the the new guy that plays Superman in Man of Steel and Justice League, uh, Henry Cavill took the uh, mantle. Brandon Ruth did one movie as Superman in Superman Returns, and uh, Kevin Spacey was the the guy that played Lex Luthor, and it was a continuation, really, of the of the Christopher Reeve movies, uh, the first two movies, and so it, it was. I think a, it was a good movie, it was great special effects, but I I think they made the mistake of of not giving Brandon Ruth his own character. I think the storyline being continued and not really. Uh, giving it a fresh take, I think probably uh, hurt things and he never got that opportunity, but he's been, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I didn't know if you realized it or we're going to mention it, the, him being in, um, the green arrow and the mm-hmm. legends TV show that yep. he's now portrays the Adam. Yep. He plays Ray Palmer's Adam. And I'll tell you something, Brandon Ruth is tall. I mean, like freakishly Todd Friel tall. The guy is huge. <laughs> I, I when I, we went up to his booth and, went, and met him, we're like, "Oh my word!" I mean, I'm getting a neck cramp from looking up at this guy. He's huge. He's a big guy. So we got to have a really good uh, time. Really enjoyed ourselves for three days. And um, out of all the things that have happened in the last several months, it was like one of the bright spots <laughs> in all the chaos. God kind of said, "Okay, I'm going to give you this little oasis here for a little bit because you guys have got a lot going on, and I'm not done yet." <laughs> Well, there, it, there. It, speaking of of that and the the roller coaster ride that has been both of our lives, the last two months, or excuse me, the last month, more specifically, um, I guess that was kind of your high point of mm-hmm. the last month. My high point was last Saturday. My my daughter, my only daughter, got married, and awesome stuff through the through the. Um, blessing of the lord and help from many many people and um even my doctor i was able to walk her down the aisle which might as well for most people might have been like trying to run a 20 mile marathon that 40 50 feet was about like that for me but um just to kind of give you an idea and keep in mind in the last month and when i say last month i'm speaking since our last episode of voice of reason radio since then, you know, and if any of you have ever had a daughter or you've been involved with a close family member when it comes to a wedding, there's two things that I think most everyone will agree on. It's extremely stressful, and no matter how much you try to get by, it still turns out to be expensive and generally <laughs> more expensive than what you ever planned going into it. Yeah. Now, we were extremely blessed in in a in very in a lot of the wedding preparations and the calls because one family member is a florist and and helped provide the the floral arrangements at cost and you know same thing with with the other aspects of of, the, of a wedding photography and and you know um, rehearsal meals and just you know all of this <laughs> combined within a wedding but <clears throat> going into it one of those weeks that we missed that we had planned on recording i had a very very massive flare of pain because of my my disability and the messed up disc i have in my neck and in my in my lower back and some other issues that i have so that that was about three weeks prior to the wedding well 
during the course of that month, and I'm just going to run through this real fast. And granted, some of this doesn't sound like much, but if you if you keep in mind, this was in the confines of four weeks while trying to plan a wedding and make all of these arrangements and getting everything else done. All of this happens. It was the um the, the I had a like I said I had a massive pain flare and when i have a massive pain flare that means i'm in the bed and can't hardly move for about two or three days mm-hmm. every every medicine i have is going down my throat and you know every, every other device that i have to help alleviate pain is going on an infrared wand a tinge unit my wife massaging me two or three times a day as she comes through it's just a lot of different things that happens but during the course of all this our van broke down the alternator went out Okay, all right, you know, everybody's car breaks down, you know, maybe not such a big deal, but we only have the one van, and that's the only vehicle that's available within the family that I can travel in. Mm -hmm. Well, it breaks down, and then it was just like bam, 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 bam. The alternator went out on the van. Our washing machine quit working. It just, it's one of these new high-tech electronic deals, and it just died, and Along those same times, the drain on our kitchen sink broke. And then all of a sudden, our refrigerator starts leaking water all in the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up, my wife, about two weeks out from the wedding, my wife started getting sick. Well, last weekend, no, excuse me, weekend, the weekend prior to the wedding, she comes home from work Friday afternoon and the her boss had been trying to get her to leave early all day. Well, she finally left like 30 minutes before closing. She comes home running an extremely high fever, having chills, coughing, or I should say sounded like she was trying to cough up a lung. <laughs> she was coughing so hard. And from Friday afternoon until Monday morning, basically all she did was stay in bed, and we kept trying to get medicine down her and keep her cool and and come Monday, you know, we were like, all right, if you're not any better come Monday, you're going to the doctor. Well, she did end up going to the doctor, and and it turned out she did not have the flu, but everyone I talked to said that it sounded like flu Mm -hmm. symptoms, and they gave her some medication, and she had another type of infection, and they gave her some medication for that. Well, along about that same time, I come down with it. Yeah. And when I get sick and I get to coughing, and if, if I'm not positioned just right, when I cough, it's like, only way I can ever describe it is like when you hit your funny bone really, really hard. <laughs> well, if I cough or sneeze hard, I've got bone chips floating around next to my spinal cord. When, when I sneeze or cough hard, they pop my spinal cord, and I have that funny bone feeling down both arms. And it's a really strange, very uncomfortable feeling well i come down i start coming down with it and and i start running a slight fever i start whacking and coughing and sneezing all over the place and this was i think saturday or sunday prior to the wedding and in case you're in case somebody has not (laughs) participated in such the week prior to the wedding is like the most hectic most stressful most last minute we got to get all this took care of time of of that entire process well all that was going on well two days prior to the wedding my daughter's car breaks down and it was in the midst of of wedding 
festivities with her and the bridesmaids going to get their hair done and their nails, you know, all that good, fun, girly stuff. So we have someone, they get picked up and all this, and her car is at the shop. Well, also leading up to that, she tries on her bridal set, and it's too small. Mm-hmm. She had she had put on a few pounds since the proposal and everything, and um, a bride leading up to a wedding three days prior, <laughs> whose bridal set does not fit, could turn into bridezilla very fast. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, that didn't happen. But you keep in mind all of this accumulating together. Yeah. Um, and then she finds out that some of the very, very close family members were not going to be able to make it to the wedding because of, of work schedules. And another family member had had to have emergency surgery the week leading up to the wedding. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's another little tidbit to throw into it. The morning of the wedding, my wife and I oversleep. The clock does not oh, go off. No. And... Bless her heart, she had reason to oversleep because she had planned on getting up like at 6 o'clock that morning. She didn't get in bed till like 2 that night because of last still being at the church trying to get things together and food cooked and stuff prepared and then trying to come home and help me in between and then going back and then coming back home. So the, the, the day of the wedding started off very, very rocky, let me tell you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, and the, the night before the wedding, I was not able to attend the rehearsal or the rehearsal dinner because my wife and daughter and I talked about it and we didn't want to take a chance of something happening and me not being able to actually make it to the wedding. So I forego, you know, I forego, I went, I, I passed on that just to try to get everything together on my end and, and get somewhat prepared um, the day after they, Miranda and Austin, the day after they got home from their honeymoon, mm-hmm. his truck breaks down. Oh, no. So they, they're in the midst of trying to take care of some errands that day because it was his last day off. His truck breaks down, so they spend half the day at the repair shop with a tired, sleepy, ill toddler oh, on, no. top of, <laughs> oh, no. on top of that. Well... They get that took care of that night. Now, keep in mind, this is that that same day, but that night, which was Wednesday, Miranda and her husband and daughter are loaded up in the car. They were going to stop by the house and see me for a moment on their way to church. Her car breaks down again. Oh, my goodness. And it was doing the exact same thing that the shop had just repaired, and they had picked up the car that morning. And it breaks down that night. Like oh. I said, keep in mind, all of this is in within the time frame of one month, and a lot of it was centered kind of around when the wedding was supposed to happen or right after it happened. Well, today, Austin's truck breaks down again, and it's still at the shop. Her car is broke down sitting in my yard waiting on the tow truck to come get it, so... We're, we're trying to help out and make arrangements to get them picked up and took back and forth where they need to go in the next for the next couple of days because they're basically stranded without transportation. And then last night, my son, the one that lives at home, 
currently still lives at home. My other son lives in New Orleans, but Tyler still lives at home. Last night, he wasn't paying attention. He pulls his car up too far to, to a concrete curb, gets the undercarriage caught, and just about pulls his, pulls the bumper off of his car. Oh, my goodness. And I haven't even gotten to the parts yet that affected me when it came to the wedding. So, <laughs> um, it's just been almost, you know, granted, none of that really sounds that stressful. But when you put all of that together and combine with being sick with flu-like symptoms four days prior to, to your only daughter's wedding and the father and the mother of the bride are both suffering from it. Yeah. And the mother of the bride is stressing out because she's sick and can't be doing these 1,400 things that need to be taken care of. It was less like pulling your hair out and going, mm -hmm. but in the midst of all that, we were blessed in so many different ways that it's almost hard to put into words. First, everyone that has prayed for me and my family, I would like to thank you because the Lord answered those prayers in a giant yes. Because I think, actually, I think because of all this that was going on, it helped my daughter refocus her aggravation and anxiety and helped her refocus it on what actually mattered was, you know, the actual wedding and not necessarily stressing all those small details that most brides face she was just hoping that mom and daddy could be there for the wedding when she you know when she got married and <laughs> not have to try to postpone it or do this or do that well in the course of all this <clears throat> austin's church and that's my now new son son-in-law austin's church and our church they came together in a way that was just beautiful and I've never seen brotherly love expressed so lived out and expressed so wonderfully than seeing two churches who basically know nothing about each other come together and work with one another during the course of preparing for this wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. Both pastors, both pastors' wives, the parents of the groom and my wife, and granted, I couldn't do much but pray for them, but they came together and worked together and helped each other. And my pastor did all of the premarital counseling. His pastor is doing all the post-marriage counseling. And that was something that they got together and agreed on. Um, and even still, you know, both of them, they, my daughter will eventually get her membership transferred to, to their new church. But it was just beautiful seeing brothers and sisters in Christ from two separate churches coming together and working like that for one family. And the, the church was full of people. Honestly, half of them there, I probably had no clue who they were mm -hmm. because there were a lot of his family and a lot of his church family there. And a lot of those people I have never met, but the, um, both pastor's wives and my, my wife, you know, they worked hard for two or three nights making food and, and getting all that together and people volunteering from both churches helping decorate our church for the wedding. And it was absolutely beautiful with the flowers and, and everything and the ceremony itself was absolutely beautiful. But one of the greatest, besides the wedding, one of the greatest blessings I had during the course of this was finding out my pastor had his personal recliner 
brought from his home to the church. They set up one of the preschool rooms as a as a father of the bride room for me. They put the recliner in there, moved everything out, so I'd have room to get in there. And they did that because they know that I can't go long without elevating my feet and, and trying to get some relief off of my lower back and my neck. And that made so much of a difference. I, and I'm not sure I would have made it through what I made it through if they had not so generously thought of that. And that was such a blessing that, I, like I said, I cannot put into words. Okay. That that just moved me, not to tears, but it was a very, very touching, loving gesture, the fact that, you know, they did that. and. Yeah. You know, his is one of these big giant recliners, and it wasn't a matter of just an easy little move. They had four of the young men from the church come in and, and you know, un- move it from his house to the church and then from the church back to his house. And ultimately, through all of this, I was blessed to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle with with the aid of, of several braces and a TENS unit and my forearm canes and, and specialized shoes that I was blessed with. And I didn't make it down the aisle and walk her down the aisle. And I didn't know until after the wedding, but there were probably a half a dozen people that at some point were really ready to jump in because they thought I was going to (laughs) fall. And my daughter had literally a death grip on my arm helping hold me up while I'm walking her down the aisle. She's helping hold me up, whispering in my ear, don't worry, Daddy, I got you. And to me, that was just so, so sweet. (laughs) My daughter did that and... I managed to, you know, stand up long enough for the, when the pastor, you know, asked who, who gives this bride. And then my wife got up and helped me down. But I'm just so thankful and so thankful to everyone for their prayers. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, somebody told me that I was the toughest guy they ever seen. I said, no, I'm just probably the most hard headed and most blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. And I, I just want to give praise to the Lord, and I can't say it enough, and how thankful I am through all of it, and even Sunday. Sunday was probably the most painful day I've ever had in my life. I literally could not move. My wife and son had to help me out of the bed into my chair. I could not stand up. I could not walk, and I was smiling, and my wife looked at me, and she said, I know you're in this much pain, but why are you smiling? And I just looked up at her, and I told her, I said, it's because of why I'm in so much pain that I'm smiling. I was still on such cloud nine, and the Lord sustained me through all of that, and I am so, so thankful, brother. Amen. Amen. Brother, that is, that's amazing stuff. I mean, it, that it's really easy, I think, for us to kind of forget in the midst of trials that God is using that, and clearly He was using that with your family. As you said, it focused your daughter. It, you, even though you were going through all of this, you knew it was because God was, you know, He He allowed you to go through all that so you could be there for your daughter for, on that day, and uh, you know, watching the bride of Christ and these two churches come together and minister to your family. So, an amazing thing, even though so much endured. And what's amazing is that you're having that that Christ-like. Uh, understanding and, and I wish I could say that I did when I went w- with all the stuff that we've gone through I, I I'll confess right now I still struggle I, I told my son at one point when with all the stuff we faced I just wish I could see something come to fruition out of all this and the truth of the matter is is that 
not, that's not always easy. It's so easy to forget that we may never see what it is God is doing. Job never saw it. We know that. Yet God, in his rebuke of Job, corrected him and brought him back into right understanding of his place with God. And those trials, those tribulations, you know, I think it's uh, Peter, First Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that, excuse me, so that at the uh, revelation of his glory, you may result, result with ex, uh, exaltation. And clearly the, the, the trials they were facing were far greater than anything you and I endure in all this race. I mean, they were facing persecution. But God uses that to bring us in, conf uh, in conformity with Christ. And we're not supposed to be surprised. It's, it's his fiery trials are to, to test us and to refine us. And clearly it, it revealed that God was working in you and in your family through this time because as you said i mean just three days before a wedding you know suddenly the dress doesn't fit anybody would look at that and go yeah that would be reason to get angry <laughs> you know <laughs> um so yeah i mean what an amazing work god has done in that even through those trials and, and i'll confess like i said before i i have not dealt with it as well and i actually have had to ask for prayer uh, I hit a very low point during all of this, and uh, just to, I don't want to like try to compare to Rich and say, oh look at you know he did all all this bad stuff. Well, here's my bad stuff too. I'm, I don't want you guys to think that's what we're doing, but in the course of probably the last six months, we've had the brakes needed to re be replaced on the car. Then the AC went out on the car. We had to replace replace both boys' glasses because uh, you know uh, just one of the boys' glasses fell apart. And uh, it, it costs more than we had hoped to be able to replace them. Um, we've had issues at work, uh, just in my career field. And, and it, with, I'm not going to go into any of those issues because that's I, I don't want to um, mar the image of my agency in any way. I don't want anybody to go, oh, that's not right or that's not fair. It's, it's just what happens in law enforcement. You have issues that come up you have to deal with. And, but that's been challenging. Um, we've had a family illness that we've had to contend with. Um, we had, in, in, while we were getting ready to go on this trip, as I said, the AC on the car went out. I mean, like days before we're going, we're trying to get this thing fixed and it took a couple weeks. We had the, the hot water heater decided to just start leaking all over the, the, uh, uh, the garage floor. And I had to learn to become an amateur plumber because I did not want to pay holiday rate pay for, <laughs> for a plumber to come out. That would have broke the bank. Um, and, uh, it was, it was not super expensive thankfully god was gracious they were simple fixes but it did cost some money and then we we went on our trip and then we got back and our home air conditioning unit went out because apparently there was a leak that there was some sort of nut that wasn't secured all the way down i didn't know that, that this was an issue i i don't know how to fix stuff <laughs> and we lost all of our freon and so uh, who knows how long that that's actually been going on and, and what damage that may yet due to the the air conditioning unit in the future um and so it has been trial after trial after trial and 
um, had issues had issues with my cell phone. I am no, now. I am no longer a Android fan. Let's just say that I'm tired of them, and I'm I've swung back to Apple. And I and I hear Anonymu and other people applauding. And Anonymu, yes, I forgive you for getting our forgetting who uh, the name of our show, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, uh, but, you know, so I've had to, I, you know, I've, I've had to purchase a new phone because the, the battery on my phone got messed up. And while we were on the trip, by the way, here is a tip. If you did not already know this, if somebody ever gives you one of those little USB plug-in fans that you plug into the charging port of your phone, throw it back at them. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> this was given to our children at the, uh, at the convention. And our sons have these little iPhone 5s that we had gotten over the years. And we decided to break them into learning how to use cell phones and be responsible. That's had its challenges. Um, <laughs> and we said, sure, you know, we don't care. It's free. You know, it, you know it'll be fun for you to play with. Well, they plug the little fan into the my, – my youngest son plugs the fan into his phone. It fried the charging port and the battery. <laughs> Don't Is this like do a that. personal cooling fan or yeah. something to cool the phone? Yeah, no, just like a personal <coughs> cooling fan. Think of those little things that you buy at the store that you stick a couple of AA batteries in and you hold and, and it'll blow, you know, the fan blades will spin and blow air on you. This is designed to plug into the charging port of your phone. Don't do it. <laughs> it destroyed the phone. Um, and so, by God's grace, we were very. I I, I knew I was going to have to replace a new one, and I was. I started pricing, and I knew I did not have the money to buy him like a six or a seven or any of these other things. So, I just put it out there and said, "Hey, if anybody knows someone selling a Verizon capable iPhone 5s, I'm I'm looking." A couple of folks on Twitter, you guys are a godsend. Thank you. They they kindly sent us one for free. And, and we weren't looking for free. We want. We were more than willing to pay for it, but they were very kind, and they sent it to us, and he's back up and running. Um, but it's been just one little – and like you said, they're not like end-of-the-world, end earth-shattering events. The car didn't explode. You know, I didn't lose my job. The house didn't burn down. But when you're hit with wave after wave of these issues – you begin to, you know, you can kind of understand why Job started to wonder what was going on, you know. And I think, in my case, I think God's showing me something about myself because I did hit a very low point. I started to become very depressed. And 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 thank you to those when I finally decided to be honest and say, hey, I'm 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 really struggling with this depression right now. Please pray for me. Many of you guys have, and I am very grateful for that because. I know God is doing this. I'm not trying to shake my fist at God and say, how dare you? But at the same time, I'm trying to go, I don't understand why I can't get my head above water and breathe for three seconds. And, and Rich, we know that, that even that can be an affront to God because we're, we're, we're demanding, give me three seconds break. <laughs> you know, God has a plan. It is his will and he is sovereign over these events and he allows them, and he's testing us. He's putting us through that trial for a reason. And when we kind of, we don't think we're being offensive to God. We don't think we're we're shaking our fists at him. But as as Job learned, you know, God did not answer Job's questions. He says, "Who are you to ask these questions?" 
I, you know, where were, where were you when I set, you know, the, the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I, you know, set the limits of the sea and he said, come no further? 64 questions, I think it is, he asked Job. And Job's response is say, Lord, I repent. Not because, um, you know, that, that somehow Job was, he, his friends tried to tell him he was sinning and he deserved this judgment. It wasn't that kind of repentance. It was the repentance of asking of God, you have, you need to explain this to me. Why won't you let me know? Why won't you give me a break? And that kind of thing, that, that's, that can be very challenging for a Christian, especially in a world when they see you struggling, they go, well, I would be upset too. And yet it is, you know, we, we see over and over again through the New Testament that the good works that we show, especially when enduring trials, speak of God's glory. And if we struggle and we don't show that, what it shows in us is there's still areas of repentance that we need to work on. Because if it's our finances, then our finances may have become an idol to us. If it's issues within our family, it's it, th that family may have become an idol to us. And God is working through that to show those things to you. It's really easy to sit on on one side of the fence and see somebody going through it and say, well, you got to trust in God's sovereignty. Then God puts you in that boat and says, okay, are you willing to trust me? <laughs> Add something real quick. One reason Chris and I decided to share these personal details tonight, one thing, and I think most of us probably could agree, being on social media gives us a very false facade of what people's lives mm -hmm. or other Christians' lives are like because we wanted to to share and show that you're not going through what you're going through alone. Just I guarantee you there's not a Christian online that you know that does not struggle or have some type of issue going on in their life. Maybe not every day, but at some point there are things they struggle with and I know for me, I think sometimes the harder issues are what may seem like the small things to other people or a lot of small things in my case over the last month. But I just we just kind of wanted everyone to remember that no Christian life on earth is perfect, that you may not hear or see about it. People may not discuss it. And I think that's that's detrimental to the image of Christians because we all face struggles and trials of various types throughout our Christian walk, but I hope that people can remember that without trials and struggles, we don't mature in Christ. It's because of those trials and because of our dependence on God that we mature in our faith, and when you get to a point to where you learn to lean on God more and more and more, you're truly maturing. and. Mm -hmm. I'm nowhere close to the maturity level that I would like to be at or that I should be at. But because of the last month, I did realize one thing, and this just kind of popped into my head. Before salvation, I was always a glass-half-empty type of person to where I worried about everything, whether it was in my control or not. I can look back now and see after salvation I slowly became more of a glass half full type of person and 
because of all this over the last month, I can see myself growing because now I'm becoming more and more thankful just to have a glass of water. And that, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but that's the best way I know to express the way that I see myself. And I was not, you know, just very pious through all of this. I was struggling. I was praying. I was asking for prayers. But I think that's, as Christians, that's what our response should be. And when we find things to be grateful for, we should thank the Lord for those, even if it's, I, I don't think there's anything such as a small blessing. I think maybe we have small ideas of what a true blessing is, but I think any time that we are blessed, whether it's a huge amount or, you know, just because of being on radio and trying to describe this or what you might consider a small blessing, we need to be thankful, just like the Bible teaches us, be thankful in all circumstances. And instead of focusing on the trial itself, redirect your thoughts and give thanks to the Lord for what you can visually or mentally you know, see as a blessing. And through it all, if you're truly saved, that in itself is enough to be thankful to Christ for, regardless of what may be going on around you. And I think that's part of... I don't know if you hear this discussed much, and I'm putting this as a question to you, Chris, but do you hear about stewardship of faith very often? I mean, isn't that basically what this show boils down to tonight is is being a good steward of the faith that God grants us by learning and growing and praying and relying on our Christian brothers and sisters during these trials? I Probably not. To, we probably don't hear it to the extent that we should. Um and there could be a variety of reasons for that. I think you're right. That That is the point that we're trying to make here is that, you know, God has promised that in the life of the believer there will be trials. Anybody who has taught, oh, well, becoming a Christian means you, you live the abundant life, is either the flat-out lying or they're, uh, or they're ignorant. You know, because Scripture, when it speaks of the abundant, uh, you know, I... I come to bring you life and, and, and abundantly it's talking about the whole the whole con, uh, package of it our salvation from our sins our redemption from uh, you know from God's wrath and, and the eternal internal life that we will have in conjunction with that is the promise that all who seek to live godly will face persecution. Uh, the promise that we will endure trials and tribulations. The promise that you know that there is no easy life as a Christian. It, that's all throughout Scripture. There's never a promise that life gets easier, and it's a challenge. And you can see, you know, from Rich and I, two distinctly different responses. In my case, I didn't handle it in the godly way that I should have. That I allowed my circumstances to overwhelm me. That I wasn't being a good steward of my faith. I was studying, but was I implying? Was I applying it? Was I, you know, I was praying, but was I praying, you know, in the right spirit? Was I praying in Christ's name, or was I simply praying, Lord, enough? You know, that those kind of issues. 
and yet well i would i would have to disagree with you i think you're you're making me out far better than what I deserve in that because there were times that I had to go back and repent for my thoughts, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily actions, but there was when we when we arrived at the church for the wedding, I lost. I didn't necessarily lose my temper, but I got highly ticked off right off the get go because we have a gravel parking lot and a, a young young man pulled in sideways with his suburban blocking the entrance to the fellowship hall and that's how I have to get in and out. Yeah. And my wife had to go to the church and go track down whoever owned it. Cause we didn't know and get them to move it. And honestly, I, I somewhat lost my temper and I got rather ticked off about that, which for me, a lot of times it's small stuff like that, that, mm-hmm. that gets me rattled and just, you know, kind of like, I can't believe somebody was so inconsiderate to park sideways in the middle of a parking lot. But, <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to repent and ask the Lord to forgive me for losing my temper because of something so ins- insignificant when all she had to do was go find the, yeah. find the young man and get him to move it. So I was not all that pious during the course of all this. But, <laughs> no, um, but I, I, and I get your point. I, I, I would, uh, if I've given the impression that I didn't think you struggled at all, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want folks to recognize that, as you pointed out, Christians are going through various trials, and sometimes we may handle it well. Sometimes we may not. And being a good steward of the faith, first off, for the person going through the trial, is recognizing God is sovereign, God is in control, and He has not forgotten you. He has brought you through this for a reason. And that's, I think, for us, that's the first thing we got to remember, is that He is bringing us through that for a reason. And maybe we never see it this side of eternity, but we know that we serve a loving and kind and magnificent and gracious God. So if he's allowed this for a reason, then he is doing it for our ultimate good. You know, Romans 8.38, you know, that you know all things uh, happen for the glory of God and for those who are called to his, according to his purpose. You know, we, uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm probably butchering that, so I'm going to actually go to that because somebody... Probably Anonymous because he's going to get yet. Uh, he's going to get me back for calling him out on my show. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, for I am. Con- uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Here we go. Eight twenty-eight. I knew I, I said that was wrong. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So. It's all you know. Ultimately, for our good, it's for His glory. And so, Rich, you and I, what we've gone through in the last few months, and then culminated in this last month, where God said, "You're taking a break from the program because I am working you through some difficult times." Um, there was a reason for it, and we we may know in this life, we may not know in this life, but we know it's for our ultimate good because we are called according to His purpose. And if we don't, if we say, "How God, how dare you? Why would you let this happen?" Then what we're saying is, "God, you're lying to me because this is not for my good." Well, we've got the wrong picture. And if we do that and we shake our fists and, and we demand an answer, we do like Job. We we are sinning against God, even though there is legitimate reason to feel pain. Nothing that we go through that's a trial or tribulation is without pain. 
It, it, it's unpleasant for a season. We know that. And, you know, the apostles, when they were beaten, when they were put in prison, when they were stoned and left for dead, it hurt. It was painful. Paul, at one point, said, we despaired of life itself. We go through difficult times, and it will be painful. But at the same time, these same men rejoiced for being counted worthy to receive beatings in his name, for being imprisoned in his name. How can you do that? Because they know the God they serve. And I'll I add to this. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'll, I'm going to add to this that as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be careful of two things. Never over evaluate how well someone seems to be handling a situation mm -hmm. and never under evaluate the the meaning of what someone may be going through it may not seem like anything to you but for them it may be the only thing they've mentioned but it may be part of a larger piece of pie that they're suffering through so i would like to add for us all to be more discerning when we reply and respond to our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. When they do open up, whether in person, online, you know, in private messages, text messages, whatever, let, let's try to keep an open ear and an open heart to what they're going through and not automatically assume, well, you know, they're just shaking their fist at God or they're just yeah. this or it's just that or that's nothing to get worked up about. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and pray for them and just let them know that we're there for them if and when they need to talk. Amen. Amen. I, I, that's one of the things. I mean, there's certainly a time for theological critique, you know, and, and there are times when I've shot my mouth off online and somebody corrected me and I had it coming. No question. Um, but also, to, you know, when you have someone who's hurting, yes, we, we need to correct when someone's theology is leading them astray. But when we're hurting, let's let's deal with the hurt, let's deal with the pain, as as you were saying, Rich. And in the process of that, let's bring correction. Um, just, just one of those things, because social media is such a weird animal. We're seeing it right now. I mean, the whole reason we don't want to talk about the social justice thing is because of the insanity going on online right now, because of it. Um, well, that we're both just not necessarily sick and tired of it, but we wanted to try to yeah, do a show that would maybe bring first, hopefully, glory to God, and second, some hope and help Amen. and comfort to a brother or sister that may be struggling through anything. Yeah, at the at the time that they listen to this, and, and like you said, Rich, I mean, people were kind and, and gracious in in coming alongside and helping you, and and I, I have had brothers and sisters come alongside. They pray for me. They, they messaged me, and in one case, you know, like we said earlier, they, they provided a needed item for us because of the cost. Um, God is gracious, and, and if you're going through a struggle, appreciate those people. Because, as I can testify, it's easy to lose sight that there are those who are trying to come alongside you and help you. Maybe, in your mind, what I really need is X, but they're providing Y. Well, God is bringing those brothers and sisters into your life to bring why, because that's what he wants you to have. And so don't lose sight. You know, don't you know, miss the forest for the trees because you're so focused on the circumstances. And I can testify to it that you forget 
what God has brought into your life to minister to you. And look at those little areas. And this is one that I, I struggled with. Look at those little areas where God has brought you relief in something. Because if he didn't bring relief there, the pain would have been a thousand times worse. Because and sometimes... Go ahead. And, some, and sometimes that simple... At least in my experience, and for me, sometimes the simplest gestures mean the most. Yep. Whether it's a brother or sister I haven't heard from in a long time that just sends me a message that says, Hi, I was thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Or even if it's just a message on social media, somebody just says hi to you. Or, or as the Kindness Ninja does, you know, have a nice day or have a great day. Yep. I know it may sound simplistic, but truly... Sometimes it's those simplistic gestures that can mean the most to us in God's timing during the course of a really, really bad day. Exactly. And, and as you said, Rich, let's, let's all be discerning about that. Look, I, I'm weird. We've, we've established that. If you've ever listened to the show, I'm weird. I, I, am no, one I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think I don't think anyone could deny that both of us are weird, brother. <laughs> but I have these... I don't like to dump my issues out there because I figure it's my problem. I need to deal with it and all y'all don't need it. Well, then, uh, then what happens is like I, I, I did what I did. It festered and built to where stuff that I started posting wasn't very joyful, <laughs> I guess would be a, it, it, it was constant you know, uh, posts of just frustrations. And that's not fair to you guys. I'll, I'll say that up front. And I, and I said this earlier. I do apologize to those you had to put up with that. And, and, and I'm still struggling through stuff. So if you still see me being frustrated, please just be praying for me. Um, but when we see those things and we see people struggling through things, know that there's something going on and come alongside and pray for them uh, provide for them in some way, minister to them, be there for them. Because as Rich said, sometimes just that simple, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm praying for you. It can mean the world. It makes such a huge difference sometimes. And let's let's be cognizant of that. As much as social media can be such a great tool for evangelism, for the proclamation of the gospel, for the defense of scripture, it can also be, as, as, as when I came out and said, hey, I need prayer. I'm struggling. One of the other brothers came and said, I'll tell you what, you pray for me, I pray for you. Because I'm having the same problem. And I've seen that with other folks where reconciliation was occurring or ministering was occurring. What a fantastic use of social media. We can actually show the world that when we are struggling and having painful trials that the uh, the body of Christ can come alongside itself and minister even in the simplest of ways and I, rich I agree with you that those simple things it can speak volumes not only to the personal in pain but also to the world at large that we're going to put aside all the other stuff and we're going to care about this person because that's that that's a brother or sister in Christ and we're going to take care of them and I think that's you a, know, that'd be a really wonderful way to, to do that you know, it's really sad because you and I both are on social media quite a bit, and we both see what the world comments. And a lot of times it's the world saying, 
why would I want to be a Christian? All they do is fuss and fight with each other. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't it be more like what you said? Shouldn't the world be looking and say, wow, those Christian brothers and sisters really do help each other and lean on one another and support one another instead of the world seeing nothing but a bunch of backbiting, squabbling, fussing, and, and, and almost fist fight breaking out type of things yeah. now granted the world does not know the difference between a christian and a and a false christian and sadly a lot of christians don't either but <laughs> that's that's actually a different issue altogether we're talking about true brothers and sisters in christ exhibiting the love of christ in their words and actions lived out among the brothers and sisters and i think if the world of Christianity would do what you suggested more, I think the world itself would have a completely different view of what it truly means to be in Christ. Amen. Amen. So Rich, um, we're, you know, we're running a little long on our return <laughs> after our unintended sabbatical. So let's, uh, let's, let's do our listeners a favor and, and give them a little bit of a break, but any last thoughts with everything that you and I have faced in the last several months, culminating in this last month? What do you, well, what any last thoughts that you want to share? I think the way to sum all this up would be best done in reading James one. Um, would you like to read, read that? chapter briefly oh sh- yeah just just me or would you like me to do it no, I, not, no see i got my bible open but you know you, i put it down because i thought you were gonna do it and now you're throwing it at me okay I'll, i see how you are i see how you are i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of getting dry mouth and i feel another <laughs> cough attack coming on so i was trying to save our listeners ears <laughs> i'm trying to get there bear with me folks but yes i actually I, I do agree james chapter one does give us a, a lot of insight, and I'm trying to get there, but my Bible is not cooperating. Uh, why, why, why is James hiding from me? James does not want me to read it. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. There it is, James chapter 1. All right. All right, so uh, the letter of James chapter 1, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance, endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought to uh, ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But the brother of the humble circumstances is to glory in his in his high position. And the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like the flowering grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers with the grass, and its flower falls off and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So too the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life 
which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. <clears throat> Do not be deceived, my brother, beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word, by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not by not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his own tongue, he, uh, but deceives, uh, excuse me, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion is this in the sight of God, our God and Father, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Brothers and sisters, James makes it clear we will encounter various trials and testing and that we are to count it as joy because it produces endurance and that endurance strengthens us it tests our faith it conforms us to the image of god and we can go to god and we can ask him not insistently why as though we are owed some sort of demand some sort of explanation but we can ask of him what it is we are to know and learn from this and we can go to his word and we can grow in the knowledge and we can be conformed more and more we can be humbled we can know that it is according to his will we can know it's because he's not attempting to tempt us to sin but we can know that he is bringing down every good and perfect gift. If we are sinning in this, if we are angry in these things, it is because of our own wicked heart, our own sinfulness, our own temptations, which bring forth sin, which bring forth death. If there is anything to be learned from the trials that we face, it is that inside of us, as Paul says, in, in my heart no, no good thing dwells. But yet it is God bringing the, his heat, his fire, his testing upon us, putting us through these trials, refining us as if in a fire and making, him, making us more like Christ. Perhaps it's an issue of sin for which we must repent. Perhaps it's a misplaced 
focus. Perhaps it is simply strengthening us and making us less dependent upon the world and more dependent upon God. Those are things that we must learn through the trial itself. Nobody is going through the same trial for the same reason in most cases. We all face them for various reasons. But if there's anything to be gained from that is, is to know that we can count it as joy because we serve a, an amazing and gracious and loving God who w- does this because it is for our ultimate good. And we may never see the answer until we cross from this side of the veil into glory. But we will see, I believe, one day all that God has done to glorify himself and to make us more like his son. So, Richard, I agree. That was a great way to end this week's program. Any last thoughts, brother? Just if for anyone that may hear this this week or next year or whenever you may come across this particular episode, if you're facing trials and you're struggling with issues in your life, if you can't think of anything else to pray for, just lay there and, and, and open your heart to God and pray Lord, please help me make it through this. Sometimes that's all the prayer that we can utter, but sometimes that's all it takes is just ask the Lord to help us through it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being back with us this week. Thank you for your patience as we took that unintended sabbatical. And uh, pray for Rich and I that we use the lessons that we've learned through these trials to honor God even more. And uh, thank you for being supportive. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for those who have provided in some capacity. We are grateful to you beyond anything we can describe. And we lift you guys up in prayer and ask that the Lord bless you for all your kindness to us. So we look forward to trying to complete the remainder of this year with some level of consistency. And hopefully, if God is willing, we will not have any more unintended sabbaticals. So thank you for being with us. We are grateful for you. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. See you then. God bless.